I want to speak this morning very briefly uh, to the new year and to what, what's going to be happening. And so I'm always interested to follow how an idea becomes an action and then how the action becomes a movement and how a movement produces change and how change makes a difference and impacts people's lives and their destinies. Things don't just happen magically. It's, it's a process. It's a series of decisions that cause change. The story that occurs eight days after the birth of Jesus is a process. It's, it's where history collides with current events and breaks out a prophetic promise that speaks to the future. The Jewish community had a protocol, had a tradition that had, had significance when a baby was born, the family would go to the place of worship where there was a purification process that took place and there was the, the giving of an offering and a sacrifice that indicated hearts that were full of thanksgiving to God for his gift to the family to place a child in their home. The father would stand in that place and would name the child. And the name would have to have significance not only to the family but to the individual child that was being brought to God parents would present that male child for circumcision, a rite of passage that spelt out the child's identification with, with the nation that was called by God to be his holy people. There was also an understanding that the child did not belong to the parents, especially a firstborn, but that he or she belonged to God and that as parents they were stewards of that child's development, that child's growing up process. And they would have to give an answer to God for the way that they raised that little one to maturity. We come today to this place of meeting with God today for, for the purpose of dedicating ourselves to the, to the plans, to the purposes that God has for us in the next 365 days that will make up 2019. We've come before him as, as stewards who will have to give an account for our thoughts, for our actions, for our movements, all that we'll, we will produce, everything that will come out of our life that will have impact and change in other people's lives. We come to name the year. Name the year that is before us as a year that has a purpose, has a divine plan. Because you have your Bibles today, I want you to take and go with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 21. The story that I believe shows beautifully the collision of history, current events, and the beauty of prophetic promise that comes out of days such as these. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and you can follow along in whatever version you're reading. On the day of the baby's circumcision, they're talking about baby Jesus, Eight days after his birth, his parents gave him the name Jesus, the name prophesied by the angel before he was born. After Mary's days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice according to the law of Moses after the birth of a son. And so Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. It is For it is required of the law that uh, the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be set apart, set apart one for God, and to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves 
or two young pigeons? History. Centuries before this young couple made their way to the temple in Jerusalem, for, for that important day of worship and dedication and thanksgiving, Moses had, had written out a protocol that he had received from God for the people of Israel. He said to them it was an important thing that must happen. It, it will set a tone for the individuals, for the families that, that work was involved, that the, the dedication that was required to raise a child to maturity was an important one and that it would be watched, it would be measured by God. Not only that, but God himself would come and, and help and empower the parents as they sought for his involvement to make sure that there was success and that they could raise that child in the way that God wanted them to. Everyone had a part to play. The mother had preparations to make. Pregnancy was a thing now of the past, and now her role was to be ready, to be focused, to be engaged with God in the assignment of now raising up this child. The father had to be tuned in to God and to understand something of the purpose that this child would fulfill. Zechariah had, had no family with the name John. But, but the angel told him that the long-awaited child was to be named John. Because his birth will bring much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because, because of him. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will drink no wine or strong drink. But he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even while still in his mother's womb. And he will persuade many in in Israel to, to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner, he said. And with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. And he will be an instrument in turning the hearts of the Father in tenderness back to their children. And the hearts of disobedient children back to the wisdom of the righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Joseph was required by the angel to name his son Jesus, for he, was a divine, he had a divine purpose. Don't hesitate, the angel said to Joseph, to take Mary into your home as your wife, because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, which means Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save people from their sins. As, as Jesus was the firstborn, there was this understanding that he was set apart for God's purposes. He was not to fill the will or dream of his father, but that, that he was sold out. He was raised from the very beginning to understand that he belonged to God and was invested, was dedicated to the purposes of God. And the day was to be concluded with an offering. The parents were freely to bring something that they gave to God, a sign that the parents understood that the part that they played and understood the significance of the role that they had, and they dedicate and were dedicated to seeking out the will of God for that child. And they, they brought a gift and they presented it to God as, a, as, as an acknowledgement of all of that. We have a week of preparation before us. The new year dawns tomorrow night at midnight. 
And in eight days from now, we will gather again in this place of worship, having dealt with our our role and our issues in 2018 and prepared to dedicate, prepared to invest ourselves in the purposes of God for a brand new year. We, We will come together with the ability to name that year, to identify that these days in front of us belong to God and that we are willing and ready to invest ourselves in living and glorifying God in the way that we ought to live throughout the year. The promise has always been this, that if you seek God with all your heart, then God will reveal himself to you. The promise has always been, if we ask, he will answer. The promise has always been if we call out for him to come, he will come. So this young couple are on their way to worship and and they arrive at the temple and they've already been surprised. They've already been amazed and overwhelmed by the people who've come to their door to see the son that they have just had. They've been listening to what the shepherds told them on the night of of the birth of the child. And and the scripture recounts in the telling of the story of the shepherds, upon seeing the miraculous signs, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they had been told. But Mary sat quietly and treasured all these things in her heart And often pondered what they meant. There's this collection of information as they went along. The information that had been received from the angel messenger who spoke first to Mary and then to Joseph. Information that had been brought when when Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. When, when they visited together at the beginning of the pregnancy. And, and then there was the word of the shepherds. And all this information starts coming. And, and God is always speaking to us. Always speaking to us. Through his word. Through the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would come into our lives. And speak the things that were to come. Things that would prepare us. Make us ready for the future. And God is speaking. He doesn't stop speaking couple arrive at the temple and the the collection of of information, the the wonder of the involvement, the empowerment of God continues as they they make their way to the place of worship. It says in verse 25, as they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man, an elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man. A lover of God who kept himself pure. And and the spirit of holiness rested on him. And Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had, had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And for this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the court temple the temple court, at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirements of the law. The account both moves me and causes me to be in wonder at the precision of God in our lives. At some point in time, there was a man who, who had an encounter with God that changes his life forever. 
At, at some point in time, there had come to him an understanding that the times in which he lived were important and they had a place of significance in the purpose of God and in the history of the world. He started to gather information as well. He, he heard a phrase, and, and he may not have understood all that the phrase meant, but it, it rang true, it, it, it reverberated throughout his being. The, the phrase was this, the refreshing of Israel. Most likely he didn't know what it meant at first, but, but he heard it and he acted on it. He started to study, he, he called out to God, what does it mean, the refreshing of Israel? He, he read the prophets of old and, and and they said that there would come a Messiah, the anointed one of God, and he would bring a nation who had lost their way back to God. He would bring refreshment to a people that were spiritually thirsty. As he gathered that information, he became aware that this wasn't something that would happen down the road. It was, it was Something that would be occurring in his lifetime. He believed, he believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. He believed and because of that, Simeon dedicated his life to preparing for the arrival of the promise. He's described as a man of very good character. That didn't happen by accident. He, it, it was an intentional decision. He, he said, when he understood the times, when he understood his place in the times, he said to himself, I will live, I will think, I will conduct my business and my relationships in a way that honor God. He is described as a man who was a lover of God. And that, again, isn't a magical process. It's the, the result of a deliberate decision. He decided that he would seek God with all of his strength, with all of his mind, with all of his heart. He decided that he would carve out time for God every day. He would make God a priority. He would not say, I'm sorry, God, but I'm a very busy man. He decided he would start his day. God, you are my priority. As a result, he kept himself pure. Again, a deliberate decision to watch over the way that he lived. He would keep balance in his life. He would not allow appetites to get out of control. He would not allow rage or jealousy or greed to dictate the path that he would travel. He would live with purpose. He would live with focus. He would live for God. It was a decision that he made. As a result of those decisions, God enhanced the experience. I love and I'm intrigued by this phrase. The spirit of holiness rested on him. The spirit of holiness rested on him. You see, Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life that God smiles on. Galatians chapter 5 says that the Holy Spirit creates outcomes creates fruit in our life, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you, within me, is divine love in all of its varied expression. 
The Holy Spirit within you, within me, produces joy that overflows, produces peace that subdues, produces patience that endures, produces kindness in action, in a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. That's what it means when it says the spirit of holiness rested on him. The prayer that I have over my life for the year ahead, the prayer over your life is that God would not only make you and I lovers of God, but that it would be said of all of us that we desired that lifestyle and that as a result of the desire, God allowed the spirit of holiness, the sense of being set apart for God's purposes and for God's times, that he would allow that spirit of holiness to rest on us. As a result of that understanding that he had in the way that he lived and listened for God, Simeon realized and heard a promise that was so clear that it made him vigilant, very alive, very connected, very focused, very active in his work with God. For the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. This time is important for Simeon. In your lifetime, something will take place that will change history. You will not die before you see, before you hold, before you experience the fruit of your life's work. You will see Messiah. And for this reason, when Holy Spirit would nudge him awake in the, in the middle of the night to pray, Simeon would get up and he would pray with great fervor and great, great passion. For this reason, when there was an urgency in his spirit to call out for the arrival of Messiah, he did not hesitate. He may not have seen the full picture. He may not have had the exact and detailed information as to what was going on and where it was happening, but he knew that God was at work. He knew that God was doing something unusual in his life lifetime that would result in the arrival of the Messiah, and so he did it with passion. Spiritually, Simeon was on high alert to the promptings of God. He was hearing God. He was praying the will of God. He was invested every day to be sure that what God asked, he was following through on because this was, a, was the time for the revelation of God's Messiah. He wanted to be everything that God wanted him to be for this incredibly special and important, significant time. So it was not an unusual thing. One morning when he received word that he was to be up and he was to be ready to go to the temple today. There was a divine precision in it all. Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to be up and be ready and in the place at the temple, and the scriptures say this, for the, that, this reason, Holy Spirit had moved him to the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Here's a word for all of us today. This year is a year of Holy Spirit promptings in your life. He will call you. He will speak to you. He will appoint you to be on high alert so that you are in the places that he wants you to be at the time and with the purpose 
he is assigned. This is a year of Holy Spirit promptings. The story continues. The couple walk in and Simeon goes over to them. And it says in verse 28, Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content, for your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, the the Savior you sent into the world. He will be glory for your people, Israel, and revelation light for people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck over what was being said about their baby. I, I, I love the picture. Here's the older man who has fought his way through to this moment spiritually. Here's a man who has prayed. He has walked the floor crying out to God, praying and declaring and decreeing that the purposes of God will not and cannot be thwarted by any power. He prays down the attempts of principalities and powers to stop and to halt the plan of God. He he wrestles with situations that he, he doesn't even comprehend. He knows this. He is under assignment to prepare the way for the Messiah who would arrive during his lifetime. He bears the marks. He he has the battle scars from his work, and he has been faithful. He has paid a price. Now he stands in the temple court, and he approaches the young couple who bring their newborn son to be dedicated in the temple. He, He approaches them as a stranger, but there's something about him that that makes him inviting, makes him safe. These first-time parents allow the man to take their baby in his arms. And they watch as a spiritual transformation takes place. He is no longer at war without understanding. He's no longer fighting and, and struggling. He is at rest. The scripture says that with the baby in his arms, Simeon praises God. A natural reaction to spiritual reality. That which I have believed for. That which I have fought for without full understanding. It's here. I I praise the Lord God of heaven that he is faithful. That he's true to his promise. And here I stand in the holy place with my hands on the Messiah of God. But the word says that he not only praised. But out of this praise starts to flow prophecy. He prophesied out loud and with boldness, declared that what few knew or understood, your promise is fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, the Savior that you've sent into the world. He will be glory for Israel and revelation for all people everywhere. The past, the present, and the promise all collide with God given purpose and power. Not many would have understood what was going on, but Luke records that Mary and Joseph stood there completely awestruck by what they saw, what they experienced, what they heard. More information, more revelation, and understanding and underlining what God was, had woven into every thread of the fabric of this story. Just as he has woven through the fabric of your story for your 2019 year. 
There's a coming together, a collision between what God has done and been doing in you and what God is causing to happen right now. Be aware. Be attentive. Be on high alert, listening and gathering information by the things that God is saying, by by the people that God brings across your path and into your world, by the things that you're seeing and starting to understand. Don't hold back on the praise and don't be afraid of the prophetic fallout of that praise. God is at work and it is in a time, in a place of outpouring in your life and in your words that that this is the time of the Lord's favor in your life. This is the now time of God where God stands up, rolls up his sleeves and says, now's the time. I believe that with all of my heart. Remember a few moments ago I spoke about the promise that Jesus made in John chapter 16 about the Holy Spirit coming to show us the things that are to come so that we would be prepared, we would be ready. Watch this. Simeon, full of God, full of wisdom, and the Holy Spirit carries on. Having been in preparation mode for most of his life, Simeon understands the pressure understands the problems, the challenges that this young couple are walking into. They are holding the Messiah. And every force of hell is going to come against them. Every struggle that could possibly arise is going to try to stop them in their tracks. And so he stands before them. He turns to them and it says he blesses them. He calls on God to give them strength for the assignment that they have. Wisdom for the journey that God would supply every need that they would encounter. And as he imparts the needed attributes into their life, he moves beyond blessing and he starts to prophesy. Mary, thankful for the joy that you have at this moment. Because it will be the strength in the days that are to come. Mary, be ready. Be on high alert because you will see some things that God will even now start to prepare you for, Mary. Your heart will be painfully pierced by the things that you will see your son encounter and endure. He will be rejected by many in Israel. He will be both a miracle and a sign to the nation. You will see both a downfall and a resurrection in his times. This will be a sign to Israel. You're, you're not to worry. You're not to be upset by the treatment that your son will endure. You need to know that God is watching, that many will stand against him and oppose him, but the way that they treat your son will reveal the, and expose the thoughts, the intents of their own hearts. God is using this to make a nation see what they have refused to see for generations. I'd planned to go on in the story further today, but I'm going to save the rest for a message next week. I have some parallels that I want to pull out for you this morning between this God encounter eight days after Christ's birth to the next eight days that are in front of both you and I. The first thing I want to point out to you is that God has set you up for this year that is ahead. He has 
trained you. He has put things in your life. He has placed people in your life. You may not have recognized it. You may not have understood it. But you, you've been gathering information. You've been gathering experience that has brought you to this moment. Standing on the threshold of a new season in our lives. The second thing that I want you to understand is that in the next eight days, I want you to start asking God to help you name the year that is in front of you. I know that sounds weird. It sort of sounds Eastern. You know, the, the, the Chinese calendar calls every year by one of 12 animal names. And, and I'm not asking for that. I, I, I'm just asking you to, to go before God what is it that you want me to pay attention to in 2019? How are you wanting me to prepare? It, it might come to you in a verse of Scripture. It might be a phrase that he drops into your heart, just like he dropped into Simeon's heart, the refreshing of Israel. It, it may make a lot of sense, it may make hardly any sense to you. But what he gives to you, I want you to take and I want you to write it down. Write it down in a place that you can add information as it becomes available to you. Follow the progress of the revelation that God will give to you both now and throughout the year that is ahead. Number three, allow that word to shape and form you. Allow it to help you set standards and targets for your life this year. Allow it to speak to your appetites that need to be addressed and maybe curbed. Allow it to take you to areas of character that need to be addressed. Allow it to shape how you will conduct your business, how you will conduct your relationships in view of the revelation that God gives to you for the year that is ahead. Victoria, will you come, please? Allow God to shape you as you enter into a season of significant revelation and direction. You've been to New Year's before. But I'm telling you with a certainty in my own heart that this new year has a significance attached to it. It has meaning. It has weight. You're looking at me like I have two heads. Do, do you feel that? Do you, do you have a sense that, that it has weight? I, I think it does. I, I think it does. Please hear me. 2019 is a different year. You need a name for it so that when you run into trouble, when you encounter difficulty, you don't call it a bad year. You don't say, oh, I can't wait till this year is over till we can get to a new year. But you can cling and hang on to the promise that God gave to you for this year. You can cling to the name that God gives to you. Number four. Write down the promises that you receive. Pay attention. Pay attention to the, the praise that arises out of you. Don't neglect the, the God encounters. 
gather the information and and let it come together like a puzzle for you. I, I didn't know how to sort of make that plain to you, but in this last season, there are two places that I'm I'm getting puzzle pieces and putting them together. The first is on a Sunday morning as we're worshiping and there's, there's free worship going on. I haven't, I haven't had a Sunday here where the free worship didn't put a puzzle piece in my hand. What's free worship? Well, there's the words on the screen, then we're all worshiping and the, the leader starts declaring things that have been made real to them during the week. They have no idea, but every week I I come to church just for that free worship because every week there's a puzzle piece put in my hand. And I put it in my pocket and I hold on to it. And the second place that that is helpful to me is on Tuesday nights, as I gather here with the rest of you, I, I don't carry the responsibility for leadership. I'm just one of the folks in the pew, and I, I don't have to worry about anything. And so when we're released to pray, I, I start to pray, and, and there's something that is released. And all of a sudden, those puzzle pieces that are in my pocket, they start to come together. It gives me a clearer focus. It gives me a clearer idea of what what God is saying, what God is doing, where he's directing me, the doors he's saying, now don't go through that one, but this is an open door that I've set in front of you. I'm strongly suggesting to all of you that you track the work, that you track the words of God this year in a journal. And I hear people say, oh, I hate journals. I don't want anybody to know what I've written. If I die, I want it to burst into flame when I die so no one can read it. It's the only way that you'll be able to keep up this year with what God is speaking. If you write it down and you go back and you see how the puzzle pieces come together. Finally, I want you to believe. I want you to make a decision today to believe. All of Israel had an understanding about the prophetic words that had been spoken in the Old Testament about the coming of Messiah. They they had been raised up in the words of the prophets and, and they knew, they were taught, they had the information, but very few believed. They wanted it to happen. They talked about it happening, but no one, very few people was were fighting for the promise to come true. Simeon believed. And that belief changed the way that he lived. He, he fought his way through to the fulfillment of the promise that had been given to him. Every night that he was, that he was prodded to get up and to pray every morning that he had to fight his way through a day. It, it happened because he believed. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel and it changed his life. It directed his steps. It gave purpose to his days. 
He positioned himself in a state of high alert and readiness so that he could believe he could be where he was supposed to be. He could be ready to do what he was called to do. He believed. And I'm asking you to find a place with God on a regular and consistent place so that even if you're not in that place right now where you believe, you you can have your heart set on fire by God. I want you to to believe in your your praise and in your worship until you, you find absolutely significant things, amazing things, astounding things coming out of your mouth while you're in the presence of God. There are some people in this room who who are stuck at at a place of decision and you're panicky. This morning I woke up and I wondered, am I sick or am I picking something up for somebody? But there's about three or four people and, and you are literally so tight in your, in your stomach and in your nerves that you think you're going to be sick because you're, you're worried about decisions that have to be made. And I want you to know, I want you to remember that because you believe he will open doors that no man can close. He will close doors that you're not supposed to go through. He will look after you. His promises are yea and amen to them that believe. Don't fear. He's never early, but he never comes in late. There are some people in this room, two or three that I know of for sure, that you're on the cusp of of moving into a new dimension. You're good people. you're, You're solid people. And that's a good thing. I thank God for you. But it's, it's almost as though God is nudging you. God is pushing you into a new place. Dan, you're one of them. Your thing is going to be more prophetic. Everybody looks to you for counsel. And, and it's good. It's good counsel. And it's going to become more prophetic. Cheryl, you're another. As soon as you started in that last song, I knew, I knew, I knew that that was for you. There's something new. There's a breakthrough thing. There's a kicking down the door. You're fed up. You're frustrated by the door being shut. It's time to kick the door open. And you can do it. I could could go through and pick out some more of you. This is a year that's significant. This is a year when when the past and the present, they collide and there's an explosion of prophetic revelation, prophetic understanding. This is why I've been brought to the kingdom. This is where I fit in. This is who I am. This is what I've been empowered to do. No one can do it because I've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this to do it. And I'm speaking to young people and I'm speaking to older people as well. I love that Simeon is an elderly gentleman because I want my my seniors in this place and I've joined your number. I I want you to understand that, that it's not over. It's not done. There's some things that were promised to you in the early days of your faith in Christ and you've never really seen the fulfillment of it. This is the 
gonna fake, we're gonna we're gonna fight our way through. We're gonna believe. We're gonna see. Does this make sense to you? Norma, I'm glad it makes sense to you. Will you pray with me that others will have sense to come to them as well? Will you stand? I would love to tell you that this is going to be the easiest year of your life. I'd love to stand here and say with some kind of authority, listen, money cometh. I'd love to say that Prince Charming's on the horse and he's riding to your house right now. I'd love to say that all your dreams will come true and all your visions will, will be in your hands by the time we meet here next year. I, I'm not here to say that. I do believe that there's going to be some horses show up at some doors. I, I do believe that. I, I'm not wiping that out. I just know this, that this year has some significance. It has some weight. It has some importance. There's going to be some things that shift. And I need you to be the Simeon of your your time. I need you to get character in order. I need you to, to get ready. It's coming. So, Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, I stand in front of my people and I declare today that you have purpose. I pray that glasses that have been worn that have shown the negative of life, the the hopelessness of life, the, the difficulty of life, that they would be replaced with brand new vision that sees and believes that with God nothing is impossible that marriages can be turned around, that sons and daughters who are doing their own thing can come to a place where there's sons and daughters prophesying about what God is doing. I I believe that there can be financial turnaround and and that people who are looking for employment and for for some some roots in their life, that that will come to pass. I believe, Father, that that this is a year when you're going to answer prayer, that you're going to to have Prince Charming show up at the door, that you're going to to supply needs that, that just seem overwhelming and impossible right now. I believe that with all of my heart. And so, God, I'm asking right now, right here, that as we sang it earlier this morning, that there would be a release of faith. A release of faith. That, Father, as we, we come to these next eight days, that you would start speaking in a voice that each one in this room can understand and each one in this room can hear. And that it would be so clear, so definite, that they'd have a name for the year that's in front of them. That, God, they'd be able to Hang on to that promise. Hang on to that name, that that significance to the season that's in front of us. Then I'm praying as Simeon did over Mary and Joseph. I'm praying for the strength of God to come. That we wouldn't grow weary in the the fighting through, in the the wrestling through to get to, to the spot where you want us to get to. I'm praying that the wisdom of God 
to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and how to say it would come. There, there are individuals in this house this morning that are struggling right now. There, there's a guilt. There's a weight that's on them, and, and you need to relieve that from them. If they follow you, just as Shan said today, if they seek first the kingdom of God, everything will take care of itself. God, you'll, you'll bring it to order. You'll take the chaos out and bring the order in do that this morning. God, I'm praying that this would be a significant year for the youngest member of our church family and that that significance would go to the very oldest member of our church family. And that, Father, as we stand before you at the end of next year, we would say, what a great year. God was faithful. God was faithful. God was faithful. Do what we pray. Speak to people this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.